0: Romans chapter 10, Romans the 10th chapter today. If you brought your Bible, please turn there. See these things for yourself. I want to challenge and encourage you to go higher, to move forward, to make progress, to not let this week be as as, as last week was. Even if it was a good week, I don't think that you've exhausted the resources of heaven. I don't think you've, you've sucked all the power out of the throne room. I do believe that there's more available in God for us to enjoy and experience and live in. And so we speak to that end, all right? We're not just doing our duty by being here today. We're here to uh, in one sense, for each other, because we are members of each other. We're of, a, of one family. But we're here to, uh, to draw near to God and to hear from heaven, to get direction, inspiration, to receive strength to carry on. Come on now. To receive an invigoration, an inspiration that will help us to do the will of God and to live our life to the full. Praise God. So we've been uh, talking from this scripture. Let's read it. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. 10, 17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. All right, say that out loud with me. All together now. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so, you understand it should understand that with God, faith is a really big deal. It is really a big deal. It, it, it's everything in his, in, in his kingdom. You can't please Him without it. Uh, I know some might say, well, I, I think love is everything. Well, you know, faith works by love, of course. But how many, know, how many understand this, that you really can't even operate in the love of God without faith? I mean, is anybody married? Have you ever needed to love by faith? Of course you have, <laughs> right? Because if we if we love by what we feel and see, it's only going to be once in a while, huh? I mean, it's going to be when everything's just working right and every, they, everyone acts the way we want them to act. Amen. And so really everything in the kingdom of God operates... Uh, by this principle, by the truth of correct and, and, and accurate beliefs. And if we need to make belief adjustments, we should be like all about that, quickly wanting to do so. Because, you know, our, our lives, our hearts are compared to by Jesus to, to soil that seeds get planted in. And, and, you know, how many know God's word is a seed, but how many know other words are also seeds? God's Word is a seed to produce an abundant harvest of good things in our lives, but there are other seeds that get planted through religion, through tradition, through experience, through, through sometimes the just negative people trying to plant negative things in your life so that you'll reap a harvest from that kind of seed. But how many know we need to do some weeding once in a while as well? Let's get out the bad stuff and, and let's, let's plant some good stuff. All right, and our belief system is very much tied to the, the 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 types of seeds we allow to be planted in our hearts and and grow and produce uh, a harvest. Now, we've been explaining uh, over the last couple of weeks, and I hope if you miss if any of you missed those messages, you'll get them. They they won't cost you a dime. You can have them for free, and, and they'll change your life forever pause for amens. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I really believe that. I mean, I I'm, I'm, wouldn't just do this if I didn't think it changed things. Uh, but we've been explaining how that the life of faith begins with hearing from God. All right. Faith comes from hearing the word of God, the scripture said. We could say that different ways. Faith comes from hearing from God. You need to have a word from God. Now, that can come from reading the Bible. It can come through uh, anointed teaching and preaching. It can come by direct revelation in your heart. Nevertheless, hearing is essential. It is a must. You have to hear from God. All right. In order to live a life of faith, in order to please God, in order to enjoy this life to the full. Amen. And so we've got to hear from God. When we talk about a person being strong in faith, that's not the same as being deeply religious. Anybody remember that? <laughs> okay. Many times it's just the opposite, all right? Opposite of deeply religious is strong in faith, it can can be. And so uh, it is having, if you really look at the words, uh, like the Greek words from where our New Testament was translated, if you look at definitions there, a person of strong faith is a person that is Uh, persuaded of something and it is a person that has a conviction regarding something it's someone who lives based out of this inward conviction persuasion of the way things really are of the way things can be and they live and they speak and they conduct themselves according to that inward conviction everybody with me all right? And when that when that is in line with what thus says the Lord or the word of God revealed to you, it absolutely changes physical circumstances and realities. All right? I, I know to some it's just a it's a strange thing to hear about someone's leg growing out or a tumor disappearing or a need being met that was just out of the blue and uh, but but it's very normal in the life of faith to see things you couldn't humanly produce. But God can. And this is the normal Christian life. It's just been watered down for so many hundreds and thousands of years by, by, uh, you know, people who didn't have much of a, a relationship with God at all. And by religion and by these rules imposed that people don't experience God anymore. I mean, it's sad. And so we're we're getting back, huh? And we're stirring it up, and we're going forward, moving on, so we can enjoy the goodness and blessings of God on a continual basis. Uh, One can have a belief system that produces results, but not desired results. All right, there are many common belief systems that exist in church circles that are actually defeating to that person. Now, they are real. They're, it's real faith that's in that's in manifestation there. It's the real thing. It's just not producing the desired results. Let me, let me give you a couple examples. Uh, there is a belief system that when a person prays, asks God for or to do something, that once they pray, then God decides what to do. Meaning... He's, once you ask him, he's going to decide to say yes, or no, or maybe, or later. You know what I'm talking about? Now that is—it's got real quiet on that. Now, now that is a real belief system. But what's the end result? It's not what you want. It's not what you want. That belief system will produce if we were to take a large group of people. Very few, if ever, tangible results of God moving. People so, say, "Well, that's what I believe. That's why you don't see God move very much." It is. So that's see. That's I don't really like that. Well, you can keep having nothing happen if you want. We love you anyway. <laughs> there's a there's a belief system that that says. That we need to just learn to accept the hand we've been dealt in life. In other words, wherever you find yourself, whatever situation you, whatever you're experiencing, maybe a financial level or, you know, physical limitations and all these kind of things, you just need to learn to accept it so you can be happy. Well, you can believe that if you want. But it won't change circumstances. It won't alter the course of your reality. Hallelujah. There's a belief system that says that God gets glory out of my suffering. That when I suffer, some somehow God is glorified in some mysterious way. God is glorified in that. Well, some people, they have that belief system. And it's based on some manipulation and and uh, twisting of a few verses in, in the Bible that they arrive at that. But here's what I'm looking at again. If I believe that, if that is my framework of belief, what is the end result? It's not change. It's not healing. It's not victory. It's not overcoming. It's learning to survive within a small box. And I'm telling you, honestly, God is not glorified with that. He loves the person in the box wants them out of the box. Wants them to experience an open, free life of abundance and plenty. Where He is the, he is the limitation. He is the lid. Which is nothing. Hallelujah. Now, I, I realize this. That there are some belief systems. And people often gravitate towards this because of how it makes them feel. Watch. If someone has gone through hardship struggling, suffering, and we've all gone through some of that, right? But if someone has gone through maybe an inordinate amount of suffering and hardship, there is a belief system that wants to go to this that even though I may not understand it, however mysterious it might be, that God somehow has a hand in it that there is a divine working of God in my life and that suffering, that hardship then was not for no purpose. Okay, Now let, watch, many people believe that. And why do they? Well, one, it's been told them and they don't know the, another answer. But two, there is a level of comfort in that. They think, I went through this, man, I struggled with this for so long. Even though I don't know what it is, at least, man, there's a divine purpose in it. It will be of some value. Does everybody know what I'm talking about here? Okay. Now, you can believe that, and it will give some comfort in your life, even if it's not true. But I'm saying, if you want to believe something different, I can give you scriptures. To believe unto change, to believe unto an altered existence, not one where it just accepts things the way they are. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let me me say this while we're talking. Even though a trial, a hardship, a, a difficult thing may not be of the Lord's design, all right? That doesn't mean that we can't get something of benefit out of it. Because there's no doubt that in, in the Word of God, we are told how to respond to things like that. And if we respond appropriately, we actually do benefit internally. There are attributes in our heart that are developed by overcoming the things that come against us. Everybody, everybody get that? All right. So there's a possibility, even if something is really stinking in your life, for you to take God's word, to act on it, to hear from heaven, to live by faith, and you come out stronger than you would have. Yeah, so we might as well take advantage of it, huh? You know, it's, 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 like, it's like going to the gym. How many know that can be difficult? That's why those things in there are so heavy. They put real heavy stuff in there. And what do you do? You know, you pick it up and you put it back down. And you pick it up and you put it back down. It doesn't seem to be much progress, huh? <laughs> now, now, you may not enjoy that. It may be hard, may be difficult on your body and on your emotions or whatever. But how many know if you do that, if you overcome, what happens? You walk out with bam. bam. You walk out with bigger biceps. Or whatever you were working on. Is there Was there benefit to that hardship? Yeah, because you did the right thing with it. Then you actually increased as a result. But we want to have accurate belief systems. Uh, you know, someone, someone asked, What about when we pray? Uh, someone said, I've been told that when we pray, we should always say uh, at the end of our prayer, Lord, if it be your will. And so ask, 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 and then submit it to God by saying, Lord, if it be your will. Well, uh, many Christians have been taught to pray that way. And no matter what they're praying for, they, they, they put this kind of phrase on the end of it. And it sounds humble. It sounds respectful. But listen, here's the deal. That is not a prescription from Jesus or the apostles that we should do that. All right. Whenever you throw the word if in there, it it, it shows a question, which is the opposite then of faith. Faith is conviction. It's assurance. If is, I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. And so we don't want to get to a place of, if I don't know what the will of God is, how many know I'm not ready to ask? I'm not ready to take my stand. I'm not ready to make my statement of faith. What do I need to do first? Find the will of God. What do I need to do first? First, Faith comes by hearing and hearing what God says. If I don't have a word from God, I shouldn't be praying to begin with unless I'm praying to hear from God. But then I have to know that He wants to speak to me or I can't even pray that prayer. Right? are you catching this today getting kind of quiet there's a couple scriptures Um, oh but let me me just say this didn't jesus pray that way didn't jesus pray that way that along the lines of if it be your will he prayed kind of like that in the garden of gethsemane before he went to the cross and he said father let this cup pass from me but yet not my will but yours be done Okay, so, so, so Jesus prayed that way, but notice, that's not for a healing, that's not for a promise, that's for not for needs to be met. It, all that is is a prayer, watch, of commitment, of consecration to do the will of God. It's like you and I saying, Father, I'll go right, I'll go left, I'll go north, I'll go south, I'll give this, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do whatever you want me to do. It is coming from a position where you're not necessarily asking for something, you're telling him, I'm yielded to you. Okay? So that kind of praying, that kind of speaking can have some ifs in there, but it's not if in the sense of I don't know what God wants. Because if I don't know what God wants, I need to go back and find out what God wants. Yeah. Very popular scripture along these lines is Second Corinthians 5, 7. And it reads, for we walk by faith and not by sight. All right, notice the contrast. We walk by faith and not by sight. They are, they are opposites one of another. You've heard the, the, the terminology said that, that seeing is believing. Okay, uh, not when it comes to the things of God. All right, now I realize a person, some will believe when they see, but it's, God is totally not impressed with that. You know, it's in scriptures you'd be called the doubting Thomas. All right. He said to Thomas, stick your hand and stick your finger in the holes in my hands. Put your hand in my side. He said, Blessed are those who haven't seen yet believe. So this is the kind of faith that pleases God. We don't see it, we don't feel it, and we believe it anyway. But what happens then is it produces. Seeing, it produces an experience. In John eleven forty, 40, Jesus said here that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Want to see the glory of God? Hallelujah. Jesus gave us the recipe. If you would believe, you would see. Believing produces seeing. So right believing produces right seeing but not the other way around. I mean, it happened in Jesus' day. It happens in our day here. I mean, many times people see literal healings and miracles before their eyes, and yet they walk away with a heart of unbelief. Jesus had individuals... That would follow him around to criticize him and, and, and undermine his ministry. And, some, you know, there'd be someone who was born lame, someone who was blind, and now they see. And what, what, did the, what did his critics do? They tried everything in their power to discredit the actual work of God in that person's life. They tried to discredit it, all right? It's, it's standing right before them, and they want to say it's not real. So you can see the work of God and still not believe But let's not have hard hearts. Amen. Let's keep them wide, open wide inside to receive all that God would have us to do. All right. Uh, Now, when we talk about living with correct beliefs, living a life of faith, one of the dangers I think some have fallen into, one of the traps people have fallen into, is that they approach this entirely from a mechanical standpoint, Just principle, just the rules, just the laws that govern it. Uh, We should not only understand principles of faith, we should understand the relationship of faith. We should understand the person whom we are trusting. Uh, Let your goal be to understand the Father, how He thinks and how He acts, All right, now watch. So when we say faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, how can we say that different? My heart is full of correct beliefs when I hear how my Father thinks. When I I understand His ways, when I understand what He wants, what He desires, when I hear His heart, I'm full of faith. But if I don't hear from God, if I don't know what He wants, how He thinks, His desire, I cannot live a life of faith. Now, realize this. This is a very important truth. You cannot trust someone you don't know. Has anyone come to you and said, you know, you didn't know them and they they tried to... Tell you something, or get you to commit to someone, some to something, and they responded to you and they said, "Just trust me." Or maybe someone you know well, who was a you know a skilled and consistent liar, <laughs> and they said, "What? Well, just trust me?" And you thought that would be the stupidest thing in the world for me to trust you. <laughs> One never trust a liar. Hmm. Even if they pressure you and make you feel guilty for not trusting them, you are a fool to trust them. If someone has shown themselves not to be a person of their word, someone has shown themselves to be unfaithful, you do not trust them, period, right? And if you don't know someone, if you're walking down the street and, uh, you know, you had your wallet in your hand and you, started, you met a stranger and they said, hey, want me to hold that for you? Take care of it for you for a while. Would you do that? I mean, probably not. I would guess. Now, now watch. If uh, if you're visiting with us today, or or are very new to coming uh, to Life Church, and you have young children, all right. Probably when you checked your kids in to the nurseries or the children's ministry before you came here, there was probably a some degree. Of hesitation, of apprehension, something in you that would, you're looking really close, you're seeing who's in there, what they're doing, is it safe, are there tacks and stuff, and you know, or, <laughs> or what, you know, tacks to walk on, I, I don't know, uh, other, you know, guns, knives, whatever. In other words, because not not because. Not because of an inherent distrustfulness in you or that anything was wrong where you were bringing them. It's just you don't know the people in there yet. And so you're really checking it out, looking for a level of trust to build upon, right? That's how it works with God, too. You know why some struggle so much to trust Him? Not because he's ever done anything wrong, but it's simply because they don't know him. And if I want to strengthen and increase my life of faith, thus enjoying the benefits and being effective for God in this world, I need to know him. I need to spend enough time getting to know him to where... I hear his thoughts. I hear his words. I know the way he thinks and the way he acts and what he wants. And the more I know him, the more I can trust him. All right. We could say Romans ten seventeen this way. Wouldn't do it disjustice, injustice. Uh, faith comes by knowing God. Faith comes from knowing God. Say, no, faith comes from hearing His Word. But what's the purpose of hearing His Word? It's to know Him, to know how He thinks, to know what He wants, to get to know Him. You see, uh, Jesus came and redeemed us from sin, but it wasn't just so we wouldn't suffer, it wasn't just so that we would begin to act better. And we would live righteous lives instead of sinful lives. You know the ultimate purpose and the highest reason for the Lord dying for our sins and redeeming our lives? It was to fix the relationship between the Father and us. God basically wanted His kids back. He wanted His creation back. Sin totally messed it up. And He went to great lengths to restore the union. So we could walk with Him once again, and we could hear from Him, we could enjoy this relationship, we could trust Him, and He would provide everything for us, and He would strengthen us, He would sustain our lives, and He would work with us daily. The purpose was not just mechanical, it was relational. The Lord wanted to spend time with you, and still does. I don't think we should miss that point. When we talk about forgiveness and salvation and, and, and promises and all that stuff. Go to, go to Hebrews 11 with me. Let me show you a guy. I know a guy in Hebrews 11. This is an interesting person. We're going to read here and then one more in Genesis. The Bible doesn't say very much about this person at all. But what it does say is very important. And very uh, powerful. It's a guy named Enoch. Hebrews 11, verse 5, it reads, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. In other words, he didn't, no no natural physical death. They couldn't find his body. One day he's just out of here. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, why did he have that testimony that he pleased God? Because by faith, Enoch was taken. Now, now go back to Genesis, and let's read. There's three verses there about him. Genesis, first book in the Bible, Genesis 5. There is one more place in, in, in the Scripture that references Enoch, and that is in the book of Jude. It actually gives a quote. He had a prophecy about, I mean, it was way in the future, but soon now, about the Lord coming back with ten thousands of his saints. But it's interesting, that quote is nowhere in our Bible. They quoted uh, some, some material uh, that, that uh, Enoch had written but we don't have that that writing anymore. You understand there was more written than what we have? There was more written that was inspired and it was of God, but it's been lost. Okay? I'm, I understand there is supposedly a book of Enoch out there, but it's not the real one. It's not the one that Enoch wrote. This quote is not in there, but uh, there there are a lot of things that God has revealed that that people have lost, the enemy has uh, helped people to lose them. I mean, I think, well, what would be the purpose of that? It would be because there's truth and revelation that allows people to walk closely with the Lord. I mean, I think from the few verses we have about Enoch, I want to read what he has to say. I would really like to see that book, if it were still in existence. Because someone who walked with God and pleased God, and they wrote down the experiences from their life, how valuable is that? But we don't, so write your own. I mean, seriously, have your own relationship with God. I mean, that's really where we've got to go. In Genesis 5, verse 21, it says, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah, after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. Okay, now watch. This was a time frame, you know, it was before the flood... So the whole ecosystem was different. The planet, planet looked completely different than it does today. And people lived a long time. Animals lived a long time. Some of them grew really large. It was a different kind of environment totally during this period. So he lived 65 and then he had a child. All right? Methuselah. What did he do after he had Methuselah? And, and then had more sons and daughters? He walked with God. Question? Question? Can you walk with God if you have kids? <laughs> it might be a revelation here that if you do have kids, you need to walk with God. Because <laughs> he didn't start until he had the kids. And he thought, help! <laughs> right? But at the same time, the, vast, the all of his experience of walking with God for 300 years, this was a, a time when he had children, okay? Don't ever let kids be an excuse to not go forward in God. Well, I'm busy and the kids are this and the kids are this and I know, I'm a parent too. The kids are the that. <laughs> and busy and stuff and people can let it be a, a hindrance but one of the greatest examples of faith that we have in the scripture was someone who had a bunch of kids. That means, listen, that means your kids don't have to keep you out of church. Your kids don't have to keep you away from being involved in God's kingdom and doing different things. Got quiet there. Well, my kids got to get in bed. You might regret that later. I can't come on, I can't come to those believers meetings because uh, my kids have to get in bed. You might regret that later in life. Because there is a, I love you. I'm telling you, just hold on to your seats. You're teaching your kids a value system and not trusting in God's grace to make up the difference when time is set aside for spiritual things. I want you to consider that. Don't stone me. We're not in Washington. Or... Colorado, and so, get back on the f- topic here, <laughs> Enoch walked with God, how long, 300 years, have you ever seen individuals that felt like they had a great accomplishment if they, you know, did something for two years, hey, I've been walking with God for five years, <laughs> Well, good for you. Five years. You should take a break. <laughs> That's plenty long enough. Huh? Someone says, I've been going to this church for four years. It's time for me to look for something else. Four years, huh? How many know the Bible says that, w- that those who flourish are the ones who are planted? If you uproot yourself, what happens? You stop flourishing. A lot of moving around. Not God. Everybody okay with me getting in your business a little bit today? All right. Hallelujah. Everyone who likes it says amen. Everyone who doesn't stay silent stares. Can you wrap this up? Uh, my kid, oh, I mean, <laughs> Enoch walked with God. 300 years, had sons and daughters. Verse 23, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So he got from a place, and I know we don't have this, this amount of years available to us now, but still, he got to a place where he wasn't walking with God, and then he did it for 300 years, and he got so close to God, he was gone. That means the reality of heaven, the reality of God, and the world of the Spirit was so much more real to him than this physical world that one day he just just stepped over. And he's been with God ever since. How did he get there? That's my question. How did he get from not walking with God to walking with God for a long time? And it was so amazing that he was... back to the future erased how did he get there because obviously not everyone else was doing that not everyone else got in the book there was a bunch of people on the planet by this time and one person stood out from among the rest i can imagine i don't have scripture but i know he pleased god so he had to have heard from god Because he couldn't have believed without knowing God's heart, his ways, his will, his desire. Maybe he heard from God and it it started with words that came down from his ancestors. About Grandpa Adam. Walking with God in the cool of the day. And how they would fellowship with one another. How they would enjoy their lives together. And they would have conversation. He thought, can we still do this? and he reached out to God and there was a response someone said well how could he do that because that was before sin in the garden of Eden of course God talked with people listen if you read Genesis God talked with people after sin after they got the boot from the garden after Cain killed Abel Cain still heard God's voice yet Where we are today, after thousands and thousands of years of people choosing the flesh, choosing the ways of the world, we have deadened our voice, deadened our ears to the voice of God. And now when God speaks, it's rare. Even in Jesus' day, God one time spoke from heaven. And people looked around and said, is that thunder? Jesus understood him, but no one else did. See, that's a downward progression to get where we are. But I see the possibility that someone believed that there was the possibility of a relationship with God that was so real, it encompassed him for 300 years. And he didn't, he didn't backslide in the middle of it. He didn't have to recommit. He, did, he just walked with God and it became the normal part of his existence he walked with God, what do you mean? he talked with him, he pleased God so we know he knew he knew God's will, he wrote things down that God said were coming we have one little snippet of that there was probably a lot more he heard from God there was a relationship with God it pleased God as he did this what's the potential of your fellowship with God man what do you believe is possible how far can you go Could you reach out to Him and believe that He hears you and He'll speak to you and reveal Himself to you? I'll tell you, if they could, if He could, now we're born again. Now we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Come on, now we're on the other side of the cross. We're in Christ. If He could, how much more could we? Hallelujah. Notice He walked with God. And he didn't even have a Bible. He still found something that God said and believed it, and it produced change in his life. What happens now? If individuals are not hearing from God, what do they do? They substitute God's words for human wisdom, for religion. They substitute God's words for a limitation, for something that's watered down. They substitute God's words for uh, anything that doesn't produce. If we're not hearing from God, we're going we're gonna to put something else in that spot. If you're not hearing from God, you're going to come up with an answer and put it in there. It's how we think. We can't leave a void. We're going to put something else in there. So my encouragement then would be, I guess we should hear from God. I guess we should up our fellowship with the Father to such a level where His words, whether it's reading the Bible, whether it's coming through teaching and preaching, whether it's direct revelation of God, but we hear Him, and we know what He wants, and when we know what He wants, we can walk on it. Like Peter walked on the words, come, the word come, C-O-M-E, Jesus said, come, Peter, Peter walked on it didn't he and it sustained him on top of the sea a word from God will sustain you and me too it will sustain our lives it will hold us up praise God you want to have strong faith the answer is yes I don't know about that I'm thinking about becoming deeply religious though (laughs) you want to have strong faith Uh, fellowship with the father believe that he loves you that he wants to speak to you wants to show himself and reveal himself to you more and more believe that when you hear it, when you see it, when you understand it act on it I tell you, there will be a strong persuasion in you That'll sustain you. At, I have a good evidence. It'll last at least three hundred years. Now, if you don't live quite that long, I think you're good. All right, until you get over into glory.